Offenbarung. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, lost in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my side Angels descending bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, all is at rest I and my Savior am happy and blessed Watching and waiting, looking above Filled with His goodness, lost in His love this is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Y'all know that chorus, right? So everybody sing it with us here This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Beautiful old hymn, beautiful. With everything going on in the world, um, Mark came in the other night, we were going to practice and you know, I need six weeks of practice to do a new song. And he gave me three days. So, um, but it's one that I sort of knew anyway. But he's going he's gonna to play the guitar, and I'm going to concentrate on singing. But uh, the name of it is America the Beautiful. In 
their country love and mercy more than life America America may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of Majesties above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed His grace on thee. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. America, America. God shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining a beautiful song isn't it you know at one time they were talking about that song being the national anthem but uh, Congress decided to go with the Star Spangled Banner so I like them both I like them both I think we ought to sing both of them so all right Thank you. 
In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus You can have all this world But give me Jesus When I am alone Oh, when I am alone When I am alone Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus You can have all this world Give me Jesus When I come to die Oh, when I come to die when I come to die, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can have all this world, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. If it's all right with everyone, we might get started about two minutes early, which doesn't happen often in a Baptist church, unless it's mealtime. But it's good to see everybody out tonight, hoping there'll be more coming in here shortly. Had a great night last night, really enjoyed the message that um, Pastor Zach brought to us, and just looking forward to a week worth of, uh, of that renewal and, and just just being able to get you your wood stoked a little bit so we got some people some guests we're dealt, we're triply blessed tonight here not only do we have pastor zach shaw here to to bless our hearts with the words and andy and mark to bless our hearts with music but we've got the home with the heart choir and i'm gonna ask them to come up and share with us in song at this time Jackson, Zach Shaw, he's men, they're going to find out why I nicknamed him. 
chainsaws, y'all. He's a good man of God, and I mean, but he'll preach, so he won't, he won't hold back nothing. He'll preach. Y'all listen to the word of this song. It's the theme song for Home and Art. Lately I've been looking back along these winding roads with the most familiar markers of the mercies I have known. And though it may sound simple, it is more than a cliche. No other word to tell you than to
as they're making their way to the back to their seats, don't get real comfortable because I'm going to have everybody stand. The best way to put a smile on a face, I have found out, is to give them a hug. So find somebody, hug their neck, shake their hand, tell them God loves them and you do too.
is the greatest and he is the highest. That's why we're here tonight is to worship him in spirit and in truth. What a wonderful privilege that that is. And at this time, uh, we want to receive a love offering. And and, uh, again, this love offering is to help with the cost of revival. And uh, we certainly want to take care of God's man. And uh, if you'd like to write a check, you can make that out to uh, Liberty First Baptist Church. And then we'll get that to to Brother Zach. Uh, But thank you again so much for being here with us. And um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us tonight. And ask the Lord to bless the offering. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight in Jesus' name, the name above every name. And Lord, we know that one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that you are Lord. And Lord, I pray we'll go ahead and do that right now. God, that we'll look to you because you're worthy. You are the highest and you are the greatest. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown you Lord of all because that is the right thing to do because you are Lord. And so, Lord, we worship you tonight, and I thank you for the opportunity that we have to give. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, and, Lord, I pray that we'd give with a cheerful heart, and perhaps even sacrificially, Lord, as you lead. I pray that tonight, Lord, that we would just do what you lead us to do. God, that we would hear from you, and whatever you lead us, by faith, we'll say, yes, Lord, yes. God, have your way and will, and we thank you in Jesus' name, and all God's people say it. Thank you. going to let you sing sitting down on this last one. Revive us again. That's what we're here for tonight is revival. And you know revival doesn't start in a church building. It starts right here. song thanks to Calvary and uh, we knew it but we didn't know it 
So we thought we'd work on it, and when Mark asked us to come back, we thought we might have to do this one. So hope you enjoy it. Today I went back to the place where I used to go Today I saw the same old crowd I knew before And when they asked me what had happened I tried to tell them Thanks to Calvary I don't come here anymore thanks to calvary i am not the man that i used to be thanks to calvary things are different than before while the tears ran down my face i tried to tell them Thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. And then we went back to the house where we used to live. My little boy ran and hid behind the door. And I said, son, don't be afraid got a brand new daddy now thanks to Calvary we don't live here anymore thanks to Calvary I am not the dad that I used to be thanks to Calvary things are different than before while the tears ran down my face, I tried to tell my little boy, thanks to Calvary, we don't live here anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I am not the man that I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before while the tears run down my face I'm trying to tell you thanks to Calvary I don't live here anymore thanks to Calvary we don't live here anymore I believe that resonates with some of you tonight. You can't go to Calvary and trust in Jesus and be the same, can you? New creation in Christ. Praise the Lord for that. And not just for time, but for all eternity. The best is yet to come. Can you imagine if this world was all that we had? Those that don't know the Lord, that's, that's the case. Well, how sad. There's a better way. <laughs> and through the Lord Jesus Christ, to God be the glory. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for Brother Zach, and I'm grateful for the 
word that God laid on his heart last night. But as we were praying just a few moments ago, I prayed for fresh manna tonight. God would open the windows of heaven. And I appreciate so much Brother Zach being with us tonight, taking time to be with us to open the word of God and to be faithful to preach the word of God that God's laid on his heart. And it's my prayer that we would be open and receptive and not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so uh, after this uh, special, Zach, you come and you preach as the Lord leads and then you close however you see fit. May God be glorified. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows the more that I love him more love he bestows each day is like heaven my heart overflows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows every need he is supplying plenteous grace he bestows every day my way gets brighter the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows the more that I love him more love he bestows each day is like heaven my heart overflows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows each day is like heaven my heart overflows longer I serve him the sweeter he grows praise the Lord thank you for the music tonight and Thank you, Brother Mark, for the opportunity to be back with you again tonight. And I sure have been blessed to be with you uh, last night and today already. Brother Mark and I had dinner together and just so enjoyed 
our time of fellowship. Brother Mark, thank you for allowing me the opportunity and privilege to be here with you. Brother Mike, boy, I, I could tell story after story about Brother Mike. Brother Mike and I go way back for about 13 years now. And uh, one of my fondest memories is when uh, at my ordination service, they were singing one of my favorite songs. And Mike got excited and let out a war yell and a shout for, for God's glory. And my choir, one of the ladies, uh, my sister was holding the choir book for one of the ladies that was singing a special. And she about dropped the choir book. Amen. Scared her half to death. She had not been around anything like that. Brother Mike and I went all over this area serving God together and homeless ministry and uh, preaching ministry and he'd go and sing with me and we've been revival after revival evangelism conferences together and uh, I love brother Mike he has been a dear dear friend to me and such a blessing to me and it's so good to see some of my Jones Avenue family here tonight thank you for coming I tell you they are glutton for punishment amen uh, but I love them, and I thank God for them being here. And then I look back here at the back, and I see a good friend of mine back here, Brother Dennis Jackson. Appreciate him. Worked with him in the mill. Brother Dennis, do you realize it's been over 13 years since that uh, February the 4th, and I left Glen Raven. And uh, who knew that uh, God was going to use me in the way that he had uh, planned, but I appreciate brother Dennis back here boy he's been a good man and a good friend to me down through the years if you have your Bibles tonight I invite you to turn with me to Psalms 112 Psalms 112 I will say in advance that this is not necessarily a message where I'm gonna rip roar and stomp all over the place it is more of a uh, somber I really do believe message tonight I'm preaching on a very difficult subject. I'm preaching on a subject most churches won't hear, most believers won't want to listen to, and I hope and pray that you won't turn me off. But I'm preaching on holiness tonight. I'm preaching on this subject, living in holiness. I believe there's several things throughout the Scriptures that in our modern church we have tried our very best to omit. We've tried to omit living in holiness. We've tried to omit the righteousness of God being lived out through the man or the woman, the person of God. And I really do believe that we've tried to omit the Lordship of Christ. And I do believe tonight God's called me to preach on living in holiness. If you're physically able, I invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. Some may say, Preacher, why do we stand? We stand because we recognize this is not my Word. It's not your Word. It's not even the words of a, uh, of a great man or a woman, but it's the very Word of Almighty God. In Psalm 112, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. 
He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Father, Lord, I pray tonight that you'd bless the reading of your word. God, I pray tonight that you would move in a supernatural way. God, I don't have the power. Lord, I don't have adequate words. Lord, I I can do nothing in and of myself. But God, I serve an omniscient God. Lord, I serve an omnipotent God who can do all things with all power. And Father, tonight I pray that you'd bless this young preacher. Lord, I pray you'd bless this little preacher, make him something mighty for your glory. And God, I pray tonight that this people here tonight would not see me. But God, I pray they'd hear from you. And Lord, I pray you'd challenge each and every heart. And I pray we'd walk out of here with a deeper commitment to live a life of holiness. Lord, I pray this prayer in Jesus' name for your sake and glory. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Living in holiness. The Ryrie Study Bible said that in verses 4 through 9, there's three things that stand out. He said the righteous man in verse 4 is a blessing to others. I want to challenge you tonight. Be a righteous man that you might be a blessing to somebody else. He said in verses 5 and 9 that the righteous man is generous. Generous. You ought to want to be generous. He said in verses 6 through 8 that the righteous man is stable in adversity. Anybody here ever went through a hardship? You ever been out on the life uh, in the stormy seas of life when trouble would come? Did you make it through? Did you you falter and fail? Hey, listen, he said the righteous man is, is stable when adversity comes. I'm only 42 years of age, but I want you to know in these 42 years of my life, there's been many good days, Brother Mike, but there's been some troubling days as well. There's been some days I've looked up with holy hands and said, Lord, I bless you. I bless your name, Lord, you're good. And I worship you and I praise you and I give you glory. But there's been some other days where I found myself laying down and saying, oh God, why? Why me? There's been some times where I could get fired up and and shout the victory. But there's been some other times I've had to cry out, Oh God, help me, Lord, help me. And can I tell you what will make the difference? in those times of adversity is if you're walking with God, if you know the Lord Jesus personally, if you've been sold out to a righteous, holy life. Now, now, beloved, I, I believe tonight that many churches... I believe tonight that many preachers, I believe tonight that many uh, uh, believers have 
thrown holiness out the window. We, we've thrown the subject of living in righteousness out the window. And we say, preacher, there's no way, Brother Mark. We can't live a holy life. If we live a holy life, they'll make fun of us. If, if we live according to righteousness, nobody will want to be with us. Can I tell you, if Jesus be for you, you got all that you need. Can I tell you tonight, if you walk with him, it matters not what everybody else says. It just matters what God knows. Amen. And so many have thrown it out the window. Why is that, Brother Mark? Because it's easier to build a crowd if you leave out holiness. You go to some of these health, wealth, and prosperity churches. They'll grow a crowd, but listen, brother, they won't preach the Bible. Uh, while I'm here, can I just say most of them wouldn't know the Bible if it's hemmed up in a broom closet with it. Amen. Hey, but listen, we, we need holiness in these days. I do believe, I, I preach to our church, we're living in the last days. Now, I've been saying that for 13 years, but I still believe it, amen? And I believe Jesus could come tonight. It'd just suit me just fine. All my family saved on, on the way up to meet him in the clouds. I, I'd see him one by one. Hallelujah, it's time, amen. Let's go see him, amen. Hey, Brother Mike, I'd just wave at you on the way up, Amen. I like how Jeff Labor says that one day he's going to toot, we're going to scoot. Amen. Hey, listen, love, we need in these last days to hear messages and a rallying cry to live a life of holiness. And here in Psalm 112, you find just that. But many times we've thrown out 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, where Paul inspired the Lord would write this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? Won't you hear this question? For what, what, fellowship, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? You know what he's saying there? Why should those that are living right with God have any fellowship with those that are not right with God? Why should those things that are right with God have any fellowship with those things that are not right with God? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? You know what he's saying? The Lord God of the Bible doesn't go with the idols of the world. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye, child of God, don't you know this is you? For you are the temple of the living God. What does that mean? God lives in you if you're saved. Hey, you didn't just walk an aisle, get dumped in a baptistry, sign a Baptist card if you're a Baptist tonight. No, you got saved. God stepped out of glory. God stepped in you and he took up residence. What? No, you're not that your body is the temple of the living God. Christ in you. He says, and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now notice verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord of hosts. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. You know what he's saying there? Child of God, you're different. Now, some of you that are younger than me, you're not going to remember this, but how many of you remember that old commercial where that little animal was saying, I'm different, and don't care who knows it. Something about me Well, can I pause right here in the message and say, why are you still the same if you've been to Calvary? 
Brother, that was a good song. If you've been to Jesus, why are you still the same? If you've been washed in the blood that's drawn from Emmanuel's vein, then why are you still living in sinfulness? Amen, preacher. Good preaching. If you've been to Calvary, been washed in the blood, your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, pray tell me why you're still going to the same places, doing the same things, talking the same way, acting the same way. You want to know why? You either have not been saved, or at the very best, you're a carnal Christian, and you're not living according to holiness and righteousness. Now, now that doesn't please everybody. But that does please the Lord. I wrote down in my notes, therefore i got to say it. Amen? Believers, don't you hear this? You don't belong in every environment. There's some environments, child of God, you don't belong there. If God lives in you, He don't want to go there. I remember when I first got saved, I was already married, and my wife just didn't like going certain places. You know what I did? I just didn't go there. Hey, you know what I've learned since I've been saved, Brother Mike? Is Jesus don't like going to certain places either. I don't need to go there. Child of God, believers, you're not to be okay with everything in this world. You're not to listen to everything. You're not to watch everything. Boy, it got quiet, didn't it? Well, preacher, I, I just like watching my TV shows. God will be okay with it. If it's sinful, God's not going to be okay with it. God doesn't bend himself to your wants and wishes and what you like. God's holy. By the way, he's thrice holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He's not bending himself to your ways and my ways and the ways of this world. He wants you and me to bend ourselves to him. He's not bending his ways to me and you. You know what I'd like to say right now? Are you kidding me? We're to be different. Look different. Talk different. Act different. Romans chapter 6 and verse 19, Paul says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. You know what he says? He says, your flesh is getting you in trouble. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness, and notice this, and to iniquity, unto iniquity. You know what he's saying? You just keep sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning. Even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. You know what he says? Quit living in sin and yield yourself unto holiness and righteousness. Don't live like the world. Don't talk like the world. Don't act like the world. Why? Because you're not of the world anymore. You're of Christ. Brother Thad and Miss Roxanne back here are in my Sunday school class. And I'm telling you, I've got the greatest Sunday school gig you can have. He didn't know what I was going to say. I mean, I started a class, and I don't ever even have to teach it, Brother Mark. I just get to show up and, and root on the new teacher that we put in place. And he's doing a great job. But, but, but Brother Thad, Miss Roxanne, what's the name of our class? Yielded. You know why we chose the name Yielded? Because we've been teaching our class that we're not to yield our members as instruments unto sin. We're not to yield our body unto sin but we're to yield our body unto the Lordship of Christ 
and we're to yield our life as a subject surrendered unto holy, righteous living so that God might work through us. Romans 6.22, he says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting. You know what he's saying? Just live a holy life. You see, beloved, as we read this text in Psalm 112, there's a clarion call for you and me to live a life of holiness. And I don't know if I have time to give you this whole sermon. Most of my sermons are about three to four pages of just jotted out notes. This one's ten pages. You say, what's that mean? Last night was about three pages and we didn't get about halfway through it. Amen. 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 Let me just give you four things real quickly if I can if I can give them to you. Number one, holy living will demonstrate fear of the Lord. It's what we find in verse number one. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that, notice this, feareth the Lord. The word feareth there is not the same word that you and I would use for being afraid. Uh, my daughter... I have my beautiful daughter with me tonight, Natalie, and sometimes she'll get afraid at night and she will walk into mommy and daddy's bedroom and uh, she will try to real quietly sneak into the bed. You know why they do that? Because they're afraid. That's not the word here. It means to morally revere. It means to be in awe of God. And he says, blessed is the man here that feareth the Lord. That's in awe of God. That, that understands that God is holy. That he is God, Lord God Almighty. That he is Jehovah, He is Yahweh. He's the creator of heavens and the earth. He's the creator of you and me. And He's the blesser. And you look at God and as you understand His holiness, you're, you're in awe and you say, Oh my, God is so wonderful. But I am so sinful. Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 7, you find the theme of the entire book of, Solomon, uh, of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge. You want wisdom today? You want knowledge today? There's nothing wrong with going to college as long as you go to a good college. There's nothing wrong with education. I, I would recommend young people getting all the education that they can afford. But you want knowledge today? You want wisdom today? You'll not find it at Clemson. And you'll not necessarily find it at South Carolina or any other college. But I'm telling you, you will find it in the Word of God. And you will find it when you bow your knees and bow your head under the Lordship of Christ and the holiness of God and the omnipotence and the omniscience and the omnipresence of Almighty God. And you say, oh, Lord, oh, Holy Lord, you are holy and I worship you and I'm in awe of you. That's what he says there. When I think about this, I've got a question for you. You cannot have holy living with the fear of God 
if you don't have a holy reverence for the name of God. You know, if we took out the Lord's name in vain, most TV actors wouldn't know how to talk. Most athletes wouldn't know how to talk. While I'm here, most, Brother Dennis, let, let me just pick on the Mill Hill, amen. Most of us Mill Hill boys, before we got saved, wouldn't know how to talk. But most of us only understand or relate that to the Lord's name with a cuss word at the end of it. But can I submit to you that any time you use the name of our Lord without reverence and holiness, you have already blasphemed His name. To use God's name in just a simple jest is taking His name in vain. To speak his name without holiness and reverence and awe. You have taken God's name out of context because he is holy, Lord God Almighty. And we live in a sinful world that consistently has a lack of reverence for the name of God. Psalms 29 and verse number 2, the Bible says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. You know what he says there? Even God's name is holy. And you're to give reverence and honor to the name of God. Brother Mike, that's why I love that song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Hey, beloved, there ought to be something about that name in your heart. That's why God's word says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, Thou shalt not take the Lord the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's holy. I would say to you tonight that we'd only demonstrate a holy fear of God by the way we speak, the language we use, but the life that we live. Not only does the language you use show a fear of God, but does the life that you live Show a fear of God. Let me give you one of the biggest problems in the church. This is free of charge. It's when God's people come to church on Sunday, Brother Mike, raise holy hands and say amen, and go out there and curse like the world, act like the world, live like the world, and do everything that the world does. You know what's happened? Their language and their action on Sunday has not matched up with their life on Monday through Saturday. Does your life demonstrate that you have a holy fear of God? Now, I could talk about this all night long, but I need to move on. Let me give you a second thing. Not only will holy living show, demonstrate a fear of the Lord, but number two, holy living will show compassion of the Lord. Holy living will manifest itself out through compassion. Say, I don't know about that, preacher. Look at verse number four. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. Notice this. He, who's he? The righteous man. He is gracious, full of compassion, righteous. Verse five. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. There's several words that describe the righteous man there. He's gracious, full of compassion. He's righteous. 
He shows favor. He lends. Now, I don't have time to break down all of those tonight, but the word compassion jumps out at me. It literally means to be full of mercy, to be full of being merciful. I don't know about you, but when I think about my Lord Jesus, He was full of mercy. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. You didn't know me before I got saved. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the mercies of God. I'm telling you, in grace, I didn't get all that I deserved. I'm telling you, mercy, God spared me from giving me all that my sin deserved. Hey, child of God, if you're saved by grace, you ought to shout amen, and you ought to say, thank you, Lord, for mercy. Because if it were not for the mercies of God, let me tell you, like one of my friends used to say, I deserve to be in hell with my neck broke. It's what you deserve. It's what I deserve. You say, not me, preacher. I'm, I've always been a good little girl. I've been good all my life. Hey, listen, your, your goodness at its very best in the eyes of God is like filthy rags. Home with the heart. Do you mind if I use you for a moment? There might be some that would look down at their noses at men that find themselves in the home with the heart. And there might be some that would say, I'm better than them. Can I tell you men? How many are here tonight? How many? Amen. 17 of you. Can I, can I tell you men? Apart from the grace of God, they're no different than you. I, I don't know what's brought you to home with the heart. I, I have no idea. It's not none of my business. That's good grammar, by the way. Not none of my business. It's a double negative in the English grammar, but it's good preaching language. Amen? But there's not a man or woman in here that's better than you. Because all of us were born in sin. Romans chapter number 5 teaches us about the Adamic nature. I was born in sin, separated from the holiness of God. But one day, thanks be unto Calvary, there was a Lamb of God that took my place on an old rugged cross and He shed His blood, opened wide His arms for me, and He did the very same for you. And there that night, October the 1st, 2001, I got saved. Oh, I got saved. And what happened? The mercy of God was applied to my life. And it's free for you as well. Their sin, my sin, your sin's no different in the eyes of God. And he said that a holy living will show compassion. And it uses the word for compassion that links to the mercy of God. Well, what is that supposed to mean, Brother Mark? Here's what I believe it means. If I will live a holy life, I will be able to show mercy to those around me. Why? Because Christ lives in me. And he wants to manifest Himself in me and through me that I might be a conduit of His mercy so that somebody who stands in need of mercy can receive mercy. Oh, Oh, boy, my soul. Man, I want to say so much there. 
John 13, 35 says this, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Men, I want you to know I love you tonight. Liberty First Baptist, I, I don't know all of you, but I want you to know in Jesus' name I love you. To the Jones Ebony family that's here tonight, I love you. I thank God for you. But we're to show the love of God to this world. And we can't show it if we're living in sin, but we can show it if we're living holiness and let Christ be our life. I wrote down that we choose to show this compassion in four ways. We choose to love. When, some, when someone does you wrong, if you'll live in holiness and righteousness, you can choose to love them even though they've done you wrong. I'll never forget. I was standing at the bedside. Brother Mike, you'd know this person if I called their name. But I was standing at the bedside of a woman who had cursed me like a dog. She talked to me. Boy, she talked to me. She called me every bad name there was. The only name she ever didn't call me by was my own name or pastor. Amen. <laughs> if it was derogatory, she used it to me. And I was standing there, and Brother Thad, I was holding Miss Faye's hand. Miss Roxanne, you know Miss Faye. And I was holding her hand, and I was standing at the bedside of this dear woman as she had died, and her daughter, who also didn't like me, and used every bad word for me, Brother Mark. And Miss Faye, my daughter that we were trying to adopt at that time, she looked at me and said, Daddy, didn't these people cuss you like a dog? Didn't they say all those mean things about you, Daddy? I said, shh, yes, yes, yes. And Dad and Roxanne, you'll appreciate this because you knew her. She said, well, I'll slap them in their face. You just, Daddy, let me go. Let me go, Daddy. And I said, no, honey. We're going to pray for her. And after a few moments, I slipped over and grabbed one of their hands. And I prayed for that family. And I walked out of that room, walking out to my truck, and I opened the door for my daughter and said, Honey, get on in the truck. I had to get her out of there, amen? She was wanting to fight. <laughs> Preacher kids are known to fight, amen? They're prone to it. There's something about them. And I got in that car and she said, Daddy, how can you pray for them when they've talked about you like that? I said, I've chosen to love them. Number two, you choose to forgive them. It's hard to love them if you've not chosen to forgive them. Walking in holiness allow you to choose to forgive and love them. Walking in holiness will allow you to choose to help people. It will make you choose to give. Be gracious. That's what he's talking about in verses 4 and 5. My favorite pastor, I love to hear preach, has made this statement on many occasions. I've heard him say it. You're never more like Jesus than when you give. Some have challenged him on that and you could argue that upside down. It's not my place to argue it. But can I remind you, Jesus gave himself for me. Gave himself for you. He gave his life on Calvary's cross. He gave his blood so that you and I could have our sin debt paid. He gave himself. 
child of God, if you're filled with God walking in holiness, then you will learn how to be a giver and it won't be all about you and you won't just want to be a taker, but you want to be a giver and you want to invest in others and you want to bless others, but you won't do that. You will never do that if you're not walking in holiness. What's the opposite of walking in holiness? Walking in selfishness. Filled with yourself. Caring about yourself. But walking in holiness is walking under the lordship of Christ. He's the master. He's the Lord. Brother Mark, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And child of God, if he is Savior, then he's Lord. He is Savior and he's Lord. He will not be Savior if he's not Lord. And he cannot be Lord if he's not Savior. Boy, there's a lot there. Paul would write, What? No, you're not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. Don't you hear this? You're not your own. Verse 20, For you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Hey, child of God, listen, if you're saved tonight, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You say, What's that price? It was the price of His blood. It was a blood that was shed on Calvary. Number three tonight, holy living will have conviction of the Lord. You know why we're living in a day where there is no conviction? Because we're living in a day where we're not walking in holiness. Verse number six. Surely he, who's he? The righteous man. Surely he shall not be moved forever. Verse number eight. His heart is established what's it talking about there conviction that's why I love this verse so much 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58 Paul as he's getting ready to end that beautiful 15th chapter where he's talking about the resurrection of the Lord he says therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord so much as you know that your labor is not in vain can I give you a Mill Hill translation of that verse you know what he's saying child of God stick your feet down plant your feet don't back up don't bend don't give up don't let up just stay stand stay stand don't give up this world wants to break you down. This world wants to change you. Hey, but child of God, listen. There's somebody living on the inside of you. It's getting real good right here in my soul. I don't know if it's getting good in you. But I'm telling you about all the king of glory has residence in this five foot six, 160 pound body. I'm telling you all of God is living in me. I don't need to back up. I don't need to worry about what this world says. I don't need to worry about what the church thinks. I just need to worry about what my Lord thanks and I'm telling you when you're walking with God in holiness you can have some convictions and you can walk with God and you can preach the word of God and you can stand on your convictions well you want to have convictions not you got to walk with God but you got to live close to the Lord you got to live close to the Lord you got to believe in holiness and you got to practice holiness we're living in a day without convictions 
That's why everything that was wrong 20 and 30 years ago is now right. Brother Thad, did God change? Why have we changed? There's no conviction. We're not walking with God. And I would say to you, there's a big difference between convictions and legalisms. Convictions is based on the Word of God. Traditions are based, or legalism is based on traditions. Now, I don't want to offend anybody in here. It's not my place. It's not my point. It's not my purpose. But beloved, I, I just want you to know my heart. I, I'm not worried about church's traditions. Uh, they don't matter a hill of beans to me. Well, preacher Aunt Sally Sue, who lived 132 years ago, her husband's son built this and built that and gave it to the church, and we've always done it like this, and we've always done it like that. And I say, well, what's the Bible say about it? Because the Bible builds my convictions, traditions builds our legalisms. And so many times we lose sight of what God wants because we've not lost sight of what man wants. Well, a few of y'all enjoyed that, amen? You see, convictions are based on the Word of God. We need some convictions. I wrote down about 10 or 12 convictions we need, but let me just give you a few. Can I give you just a few? And I'm going to have to close. I'm convicted tonight. You'll not change my mind. You can take my life, but you'll not change my mind. This Bible is the blessed Word of God. It's the inspired, infallible, inerrant, immutable. It's the authoritative, sufficiently powerful Word of God. And if God says it, I believe it. It doesn't matter what man says. This book is God's book. It's God's Word. It's breathed of God. You and I need to get back to a conviction that this is the Holy Word of God. I don't need to add to it. Don't need to take away from it. While I'm here, can I just say this? We need conviction in our heart and in our churches once again that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Hey, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Some time ago I preached that Buddha wasn't the way and Muhammad wasn't the way. I, I preached that Confucius wasn't the way. I, I preached that John Smith and Mormonism wasn't the way. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you, I, I had some folks get a little rattled. I had some folks got their feathers ruffled. Hey, listen, beloved, it, it's pretty plain. Jesus said, Jesus said, can I say it one more time because the devil don't like it? Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. We need conviction once again that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Oh, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter, Brother Mark. You know one of the convictions we need again is that Jesus bodily resurrected from the grave there's a lot of churches don't believe Jesus got up from the grave you say preacher what should they do that'll shut their doors how to fire the preacher I, I'm not advocating ever firing a preacher but if he don't believe in the bodily resurrection they need to get rid of the preacher that's pretty well basic amen we need to believe today that Jesus is coming back Soon and very soon, as the old song says, 
Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back in the rapture of the church. I believe seven years later he's coming back in the second coming of Christ. I believe after that seven years of tribulation on earth, I believe the Father's going to look over the Son and the Son's going to say to you and me that are saved by grace, mount up boys and we're going to jump on that old horse and we're going to ride with him. He's going to split the eastern sky. He's going to dismount off of that horse on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be a great earthquake. He's going to walk down to Kidron Valley. He's going to sit on the throne of his father David he's going to rule and reign a thousand years hey he's coming again he's coming again a few of y'all believe that amen can I just give you one or two more Jesus deserves my worship that's a biblical conviction now I I want to be real honest with you I'm a Clemson Tiger fan you may not be that's okay Dad back here is a Gamecock fan. Some of y'all are other things. But, I, but I'm just going to be honest with you. When I go to the Clemson games, man, I hoop and holler, Brother Mark. I cheer. I get excited when they say there's orange in the end zone. Man, I high-five people I've never met. I find myself chest-bumping people I've never met. Sometimes, Brother Mark, I hug people I ain't never met. I don't hug women, amen. I don't want to get in trouble, but I I hug men I've never met. Oh, oh, yes. Why can I get excited when a bunch of men take a leather football and run across a white chalk line, but I can't get excited over the King of glory who left the portals of glory, entered into the virgin womb of Mary, lived a perfect life, climbed Golgotha's hill, and spread wide his arms and died for me. Why can I not get excited and worship him? Hey, that's biblical conviction. I need to worship him. Oh, I wish I had time. I would deal with some of the problems of today. It's a biblical conviction that marriage is meant to be between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible teaches. world thinks differently. But I don't gain my truths from the world. I gain my truths from the Word. It's biblical conviction. That a baby in the womb is already alive. Therefore, it's murder to kill it. It's biblical conviction. It's in my notes, and I'm not saying this to hurt anybody here tonight. I had no idea who would be here. But I believe it's biblical conviction that alcohol has no place in the believer's life. There's no place in the, in the, in the believer's life. If you're a child of God, right with God, you'll not be right with alcohol. Say, preacher, I don't believe with that. I don't believe that way. There's plenty of book. There's plenty in the book. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Let me give you this, I'm done. Biblical conviction. Jesus died for all people. You can't find one color, one creed, one nationality he didn't die for. You can't find one man, one woman he didn't die for. You can't find one person Jesus didn't die for. He said, well, brother preacher, I don't believe that way. Brother preacher, I believe that 
there's only a certain few that he died for. Hey, listen, I know you call that Calvinism. I'm going to tell you what I call it. I'm leaving in a few days. You can get mad at me, and you can just forget about me. I call that garbage doctrine. Jesus died for every man and every woman. You say, where do you find that in the Bible? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, I've got to stop. Can I tell you, beloved, we need holy living. And holy living will produce some things in your life yes, sir. that the world cannot produce. As our musicians come tonight, we're going to have a time of invitation. Your pastor's going to be here before you this evening. And here's my challenge. Number one, if you've never been saved, won't you make that right tonight? Why don't where you're at, just stand up, walk down this aisle, take this pastor by the hand, and say, Pastor, I want to be saved tonight. He's here, I'm here, others are here. We'll take the Word of God and we'll share with you how to be saved. But maybe you're saved tonight and you'd say, Preacher, I need to get some things right. Hey, listen, we're not Catholics. You don't got to come and tell me anything. We believe in the priesthood of the believer. You can come to this old-fashioned altar and you say, God, this is not right. God will hear. And God already knows. And God can heal. God can forgive. Here's the challenge. Won't you come tonight? Men, women, boys and girls, you ought to be coming. And you ought to be saying, Lord, I want to live a holy life. Father, would you stand with me, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray tonight that men and women, boys and girls, would make a commitment that they're going to live a life of holiness. They're going to walk clean. They're going to walk right with you. They're going to walk according to what the Word of God says. They're going to let the Bible be their standard. Father, help us. Draw us unto you. God, sweep across this church. Touch hearts, no matter how young or old. Touch hearts. Draw people unto yourself. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing. You come. Folks have already come. Would you come right now? You come. God will meet you when you do. You step out. Who needs to come? Your pastor's here. You say, I'm not a member of this church. It's okay. He'll pray with you. He'll help you tonight. Wouldn't this a beautiful picture? People getting on their face before God doing business with the Lord you come you come we're going to sing all to Jesus oh do you hear that all to Jesus all to won't you surrender to him tonight freely give. you can't handle the burdens he can and trust why don't you bring it to him tonight? In his presence daily live. I surrender all. 
till time you come. We're singing, I surrender all. You got to do it. It's got to be a choice. You surrender all tonight. every head bowed and every eye closed right now and you know Jesus really is worthy of our complete surrender and if we want to get close to God we want revival in our souls then we've got to surrender everything to him and I wonder tonight as we think about how we've been challenged by the truth of God's word about holy living we're to be separate from the world. We're to stand out. There ought to be something different about us. And as the Lord has been challenging us from his word tonight, what's in our life tonight that's keeping us from living the way that God would have us to live? Many times the culture will influence us. But oh, how the word of God and the spirit of God need to influence us. So what is it tonight? Perhaps God is telling us to let go of. Let's surrender everything to him tonight. You'll be glad you did. Be able to rejoice. Have the joy of God, the peace of God. You'll be set free tonight. Have a spring in your step and a smile on your face when we get right with God. Just let it go. And you know, he's not asking us to do for us what he didn't do for us himself. He surrendered his all to us. He gave his life. Let's give our life to him and surrender to him. I encourage you to come right now. Oh, the Lord is moving and working in lives. Let him work in yours. What's he leading you to do? Say yes to him right now. Whatever you need to let go, let go of it. Let's commit to God's word. The challenge from God's word is to live holy lives. Let's commit to that if you haven't already. Let's take God at his word and say, yes, Lord, I want to be that way. Let's do it right now. Would you come? Let's do it. Let's surrender to him right now. Let it go. I surrender.
They're continuing to play. I encourage you to come. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Just a closing thought here. Just ask the Lord right now, Lord, am I all that you would have me to be right now? Wow. Whatever he leads you is not going to be a lie. It's going to be the truth. Let's trust him tonight. They're continuing to play. The altar is open. Come on. I encourage you to come tonight. Let's trust the Lord tonight. Thank you so much. Isn't it great to be set free? Our chains are gone. He has set us free. Romans chapter 6, that Zach read one of those uh, verses that he read to us. We have been set free. So let's not put the chains back on. I like like your shirt. Chain breaker. He has broken the chains. We've been set free. So let's not take it back on and put it back on. The Bible talks about taking some things off, putting some things on. Let's do that. Let's live godly lives, honor God. Remember that year we did the youth rally, Godly is Good? It's good. There's nothing like it. It gets sweeter and sweeter, praise God. Let's let the world see that in us. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight, all of you. Those from Jones Avenue, those from First Baptist, uh, those of you from Home with a Heart, man, you blessed our hearts tonight. Praise God. I believe that there were those that were helped tonight, and um, to God be the glory. And I encourage you to be back tomorrow night. Our youth are going to be uh, leading us, going to be singing some special, and special music's going to be a great time. And so be in prayer and come back and join us. Uh, Bring somebody with you tonight or tomorrow night. And I pray you have a wonderful uh, evening tonight and look forward to being back together. Uh, David, why don't you come and close us in prayer, brother? Appreciate you so much. Love you, man. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary for me, Lord. I want to personalize it tonight, God, and just thank you so much. Thank you for the convictions, Lord, that you place upon my heart, God. I pray. thank you for your home of the heart, Lord. It's near and dear to my heart, God, and I know it is to yours, Lord. I thank you for Brother Zach, Jones Avenue, God, the man of God, Lord, Lord, that broke the bread of life, Lord, is how true the truth that was spoken here tonight, God, and I just thank you for each individual here and the souls in the families that we all represent, God, and I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory that you're so deserving of. And it's in your precious and holy name that I pray. Amen. Amen.